Speaking of community, we've got a change coming up. I want to let you, uh, you already know about it, but I just wanted to kind of solidify it and let you know. Uh, Mary Sparling, is she in here? Well, there you are. So Mary Sparling is, uh, you know that she is moving back to her home in Festus, Missouri. And uh, we kind of had to set a date. So we set a date of October 1st. It's kind of going to be uh, her last day officially here as our church admin. Uh, she may stay longer. We're just going to kind of uh, as, it, as we need to. But we needed to set kind of a date. So uh, sept- October 1st will be Mary's last day. And uh, we also, we're going to tell you some more about this, but we do want to bless her as she's going out. And so uh, we'll give you more information about that coming from, or you can just talk to Dennis or I about it. Uh, along with that, uh, we have prayerfully over the last few months been seeking the Lord on uh, who the Lord wanted to raise and put into a place as the church administrator and some. And I had a lot of different things on my heart that I was seeking the Lord about. And the Lord really highlighted uh, a person, and uh, we have made the decision that they're going to be coming on staff. Uh, Jim and Melissa, Jim will be joining us on staff as a pastor here. Uh, beginning uh, September 16th, so two weeks before Mary, and then he will take over the uh, the church admin position and also be uh, senior leadership and pastoral. Uh, Jim's been pastoring for a number of years, uh, pastored a church, and has been working for the last 10, 10 years at IHOP running their bookstore. So he's got a lot of admin and a lot of pastoral ministry, and they have a heart. They live like a block away like cattywanka across this field, if there was an open way to go across. Uh, and uh, really love this church, and we're excited to have them on board with us. Uh, we fit well. Did you want to, you guys want to come up and just say hello? Hi, Kai. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're really excited uh, to be on the team here. And, uh, you know, when we first started coming several months ago, we just, I mean, I hate to say that the word fell in love, but we did. You know, I told, I told you, I think I'm on a, it's kind of a honeymoon stage for us, but um, we just love this church and we love what God is doing here. We felt the presence of the Lord, for, really, you know, uh, when we first started coming, we knew the Lord was here. The Lord's resting on this people. And uh, we know that God has a very rich history in this church of, of uh, leading this church and, and planting this church here in this community. So we're just excited to be a part of it, to see what the Lord will do as we come, come on board. And i uh, going to be doing some discipleship stuff and some other things, and as well as the admin, which I've told Matt it's kind of crazy, but I actually like that kind of stuff. And uh, isn't that weird? But... Um, I'm actually training, I need to train a new admin and director at the bookstore, so pray for me. But uh, looking forward to coming, coming on uh, the middle of September and just serving with you. And please, our home is open, our lives are open to you. We love having people in. We've been in some of your homes already and have enjoyed it so much and hope to, uh, if you'll let us, uh, visit uh, you uh, in your homes as well. So. Thank you. Thank you for having us and letting us join the team. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Matt. So look forward to having Jim preach. 
in the right time. It'll probably be more later fall uh, to the end of the year before Jim will get up here because he is turning over the bookstore, which is a lot of work there at IHOP. He's done a great job of uh, just serving there on the IHOP team, and then he'll be coming here. Look forward to, uh, he's already been joining us on Mondays and Wednesdays and just getting to know him more and having some fun. So, amen to that. Okay, I thought somebody said something to me. Uh, I do have to say, uh, imagine our church if we pre-recorded our announcements and there was just a dull video that went on for three minutes. It, that we do have our own flavor with our announcements, so it's a joy. Amen. We love our announcements. Bless the Lord. I do have a couple jokes, and then I want to get in the word for you. Uh, before I get into a joke, uh, did you see the uh, woman, Roberta Wright, uh, in Houston, who it's so hot in Houston that she bur- baked a loaf of bread in her mailbox? I don't know how that's possible, but it was on the local news there, so I did confirm that this just isn't a fake thing. Um, I just was surprised by that. I figured I'd share that. You would find that interesting. She has a solid brick around her mailbox, you know, and the brick must have just heated up and just kept her mailbox in the middle of all these bricks at such a temperature she could bake bread in it. Whoa, right? I just thought of something. Uh, son oven. If you would uh, help me remember, and it's an oven that's baked from the sun for the Waltons in Guatemala. You can use the sun to reflect to cook. So Randy and I are going to. Uh, we have set a trip to Guatemala at the end of August, and uh, Randy and I are going to go down and visit uh, the Waltons. It was one of those things that we've talked about for years, and he's invited me multiple times, and I've just been like, I'd love to, I just don't have the time at the moment, and COVID and all of that. And and so he asked me again over lunch, and I was like, sounds great, when do you want to go? And he said, how about this date? I said, great. He said, book the tickets. And so I did. (laughs) So it's, it's set. I told my wife, I hope this is okay, but I'm going to Guatemala for a week. And it is. So uh, I'll be going in late August with Randy to visit the Waltons. So we'll probably have to get a care package together for them if anyone would like to help organize that to just love on the Waltons from us as a church family that we can take care, take some stuff down. And maybe, Randy, if you could let me know uh, things that they enjoy, uh, that would be a blessing to them. And I'd like to get maybe one of those ovens and bring it down because I had talked to them before about it. Okay, now let's see. Joke number one. Uh, My dad used to say to me all the time, son, there are three types of people in the world, those who can do math and those who can't. Yesterday I was on a drive, uh, this isn't a joke, yesterday I was was driving with my in-laws, my father-in-law is soon to be 81, and my mother-in-law will soon be 80. And so they're octogenarians, almost, mostly. And uh, they told me a joke and said I needed to give it this morning. So this is the joke from them, okay? A man and his wife were getting older and realized that they were struggling to remember things all the time. And it worried them. So because they were concerned, they decided to visit their doctor, who assured them 
Guys, it's perfectly normal for your age to forget things. I recommend that you simply begin to write things down to help you. So they decided this is a great idea. We're going to write things down to help us so that we don't forget things. Well, that evening, it happened that while they were watching television, the wife says, you know what? I would really love some ice cream. And the husband says, well, honey, I'll get up. Would you like some? I'll go in the kitchen and get you some ice cream. And she goes, okay, but maybe you need to write that down. And he goes, honey, it's just the kitchen and it's ice cream. I can go in there. I don't have to write this down. She's like, fine, go ahead. He's gone about 10 minutes. And then he comes back in with a plate of bacon and eggs. (laughs) Sets it down in front of her and she goes, oh dear, I told you you needed to write it down. You completely forgot the toast. They thought that was very funny, so I thought I would share that with you. Uh, dang. If you turn in your Bibles with me to the book of Genesis, chapter 12. There's a theme that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us this morning. And uh, I, I'm just, I'm excited because he laid upon uh, Amber's heart to pick a certain song. He laid it upon Heather's heart to uh, share gave her a picture of the lungs and to share, and then he uh, placed his word upon my heart to speak to you this morning. So I want to encourage you uh, from the word about your words. Genesis chapter 12, let's begin with verse 1, but let's read first, or let's pray first, I'm sorry. Father, we come before you this morning and we thank you, Jesus, that you're here with us. Oh man, Jesus, thank you for your presence. Lord... I don't want to be anywhere. I don't want to do anything unless I have your presence, Lord. Father, we don't want to gather as a body and just do religious things. We want to fellowship in your presence. Thank you, Father, for being here with us, Lord. Thank you for your love, for your peace, for your joy, for your humor, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you do. Holy Spirit, we invite you to speak to us this morning. Uh, Individually preach the sermon that you want each individual to hear, Father. Holy Spirit, reveal Jesus as you desire. Thank you, Father, for it. Lord, let our ears hear and our hearts receive from you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're in Genesis chapter 12. If you remember this, this is uh, God after the flood. There's a while that he doesn't really intervene personally with anyone on the earth. There's a lot of big things that happen, like the Tower of Babel. And, uh, but after Noah from uh, Abram, uh, there's not a lot of individual. And so then God speaks to Abram and says, okay, I am ready to really begin to radically rebring humankind back to myself. And I've chosen you, Abram, to do this. You've found favor in my eyes. So he says there in chapter 12, verse 1, now the Lord said to Abram, I want you to leave your country, leave your kindred, and your father's house, and you're going to go to the land that I'm going to show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in all and in you, all the families of the earth 
shall be blessed. So what God is revealing here is his desire to bless mankind. We see the fulfillment of this when Jesus is born and the angels appear and he says, this is goodwill to all mankind. My desire is that all men be blessed. So anyone that stands against that, I'm going to hinder and, and work to stop them from, from uh, hindering the ability of me to bless people. I want to bless. That's my desire, says the Lord. So I'm going to pour upon you. I'm going to bless you. And through you, you're going to be a blessing. And I'm going to bless through you to other people. And this thing's going to spread and it's going to be big. How many want to be a blessing? I want to be a blessing. I'm like, come on, Lord. Pour out your blessing. God wants to bless and then through us be a blessing to others. So I was thinking about that, meditating on it, and I realized Satan's desire is just the opposite. Satan's desire is to curse and through you be a curse to others. Satan's desire, God's desire is to bless you and to fill your heart with his presence so that all the words out of your mouth just bring his presence and speak his will and speak his goodness over all those around you. Satan desires to fill your heart with pain and bitterness and uh, anger and, and all of these things so that what comes out of your mouth are arrows of the enemy that spew the cursing all over individuals all around you. God desires to bless. The great thing is that he has filled us with his spirit so that when we walk in the spirit, we naturally just bless people around us. And it's wise of us to recognize the difference so that we can pursue the blessing and turn our backs to the cursing. Jesus wants to bless. We have so much power in our tongue. So much power in the ability to agree with what Jesus wants to do. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Or to agree with Satan... And say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in hell. Our mouths confess. Out of the abundance of our heart, we confess either what Satan desires or we confess what Jesus desires. And we need to be careful for that. We see this walked out in First uh, Chronicles chapter 4. Let me get there. Kings, Chronicles. First Chronicles chapter 4. I know you know the prayer of Jabez. Here he is. Jabez is born. He's born in great pain to his mother. And his mother said, Because I bore him in pain, I have named him Jabez, or Jabez, however you want to say it. Because that name sounds like the Hebrew word for pain. How would you like to be named pain? Yo, pain. You know? And he goes, God, I don't want every time someone saying my name to be spoken a curse over me. I don't want to walk in pain and I don't want to cause pain. So will you bless me? 
Will you bless me, O Lord, and enlarge my border and ex, uh, expand my tent that your hand might be upon me and that you would keep me from causing pain and that I would not be a pain to others? I want to bless. I want to be blessed and I want to bless. I want to stop what I'm saying from hindering you working. I want to agree with you and I want to see your kingdom established in the revelation that he had at this point before the Jesus before Jesus coming to the earth. There's an old saying, I'm sure you've heard it, wounded people wound others, hurting people hurt others. And there's a lot of truth to that and we need as ministers as as Followers of Jesus to understand that and to meet wounded people when they wound us, to meet them with love, to counteract and not receive and, and not keep going with it. We are not a, a people of cancel culture. Cancel culture is not Jesus. In the same way, guys, we, when we are wounded, we have to come to the point where we recognize that we are wounded and no longer begin to wound others. We have to take responsibility for where our heart is and bring it to Jesus so that he can begin to heal. The beautiful thing of Jesus is that he patiently, with long-suffering, meets us where we are and leads us into righteousness. Leads us into correct walking. He begins to deal with things and says, okay, do you realize that for 10 years that you've followed me now, you've had a wound in your heart, and through that wound, you've reacted this way in this situation every time. Wow, Lord, I just thought that was just me. No, that's not the way I've created you to be. Well, that's the way dad always did it. Well, that's not the way I created him to be. Well, that's the way I see people in church do. Well, that's not the way I've created them to be. I've created you to be a blessing. And I want to walk you out of this. I want to heal this area of your heart. I want to change the way you think. And I want to walk you into the correct way so that you are a blessing and speaking a blessing and not continuing to create the cycle that just wounds and creates and it just keeps nothing going forward. I know it's not easy pursuing sanctification. It's much easier being religious. It's much easier having a form of godliness where you can just know the right words to pre- uh, repeat and the right rituals to do and everything's okay without a real change of the heart. A change of the heart actually requires uh, those times when the Lord goes uh, there. And you're like, ow! Lord, I like that attitude. Well, that's not my attitude. But I like that. I'm justified in that attitude. There's a reason that attitude's there, Lord. And he's like, I know. Just as I forgave, it's time for you to forgive. It's time for you to receive forgiveness. And it's perfectly normal and perfectly okay, guys, if you're at a place 
hopefully you're just like, yes, Lord, okay, I'm ready. But if you're not, you can say, Lord, I am willing to be willing. Let the Lord meet you where you are. Be honest with the Lord. Don't be religious and lie about it and go, oh, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. But then do the opposite. Be honest with it. Say, I, I, I tell the Lord, you know, I've had times in my life where I've said, you know, Jesus, I hear you. I see this. But right now, my heart does not want this in any way, shape, or form. And I'm struggling, Lord, because what I want is this, and you're telling me the opposite. And actually, it kind of makes me angry that I, that, that I can't do this because this is where I am. Would you meet me where I am and change my heart, Lord? And so faithfully, the Lord comes. Sometimes it's instantaneous. Sometimes it's like an onion layers. Peeling off, peeling off, peeling off. I'm so glad he's patient. Peeling off those layers, you know. I'd be like, dude, I'm just tossing you. I'm going to go get a knife and just slice that onion in half. (laughs) The Lord is very faithful. Because he wants to bring liberty. He wants to bring liberty. You know, Paul says in the book of Romans chapter 12, verse 14, he says, you know, when you're persecuted, bless and curse not. Choose to expand the kingdom. Choose to walk in the anointing of Abraham to receive the blessing of the Lord and to bless. Break the cycle of curse upon curse upon curse upon curse upon curse. Break that cycle and choose. Jesus, give me the strength to turn this around and bless and push back the way of the enemy and bring forth the kingdom of Jesus. I choose to forgive. I choose to let go. I choose to receive forgiveness. I choose to understand and see God's heart. When the uh, young guy this morning, I was driving to church about hmm, 6.30 on 4.35. And I'm going 68 because I'm driving my clunker right now. You know, I don't trust it much over 70. I don't want to lose it. I want it to survive. And it's my 2004, <clears throat> you know, that I told you last week, piece of the exhaust fell off on it, you know. So I'm driving my, driving 68, and this car, boom, goes by me. I mean, fast and kind of, you know, just floating around. You know what I mean? And as it went by, I saw it was a young guy, probably early 20s. And I'm thinking at 6.30 in the morning, he might just be going home. You know, from a hard night of partying on Saturday night. And now I can get angry and I can get upset and I can go, what kind of idiot? Or I can go, you know, Lord, I just pray that you protect him. And just as me, when I didn't know you and I lived life unknowing to you, Lord, open his eyes. Keep him safe to that moment. Jesus And I can pray over him. That's the kind of things I'm talking about. When you go into the grocery store and that person has just had a bad day. They were maybe baptized in vinegar. I don't know, but it just isn't good. And you want to just give it right back to them. I don't want to expand Satan's kingdom. I want to hold my tongue. Jesus, give me your kingdom. Okay, I hope you have a better day today. And speak peace into the situation. 
You guys are ambassadors of Jesus. You have so much power to bring Jesus into situations. Everybody's freaking out. Okay, let's, guys, let's just stop. Let's seek the Lord. Let me, can I just pray? Even if they're unbelievers, do you mind? Can we just pause a second and let me pray? Bringing Jesus into the situation as ambassadors. Carry him in and carry him in with your mouth. Carry him over your kids. You know, when we are afraid and when we are out of control in a situation, when we don't have control, it can be difficult. And sometimes in our fallen nature, we can revert to using our words to try to control. And it's called manipulation. Uh, The Bible uh, basically equates it, I think, to like witchcraft, of where you are casting a demonic spell with your mouth over someone to try to get them to do what you want them to do. And it comes out of your own It's not coming out of faith. You're not speaking blessings over someone. You're speaking out of your fear. You're speaking out of, of, generally, if you're wanting control, it's your own individual fear. I don't feel safe, and I want everything around me to feel safe, so I am speaking control over the situation so that I feel safe. And it manipulates and changes people in its manipulation. It's ungodly. Now, if you catch yourself doing it, that's where you begin to notice and you say, okay, Lord, I I don't want to walk in this way. Lord, help me. Part of it is learning to let go and release and trust the Lord in the situations. Part of it is guarding the mouth. And learning, okay, I have a very powerful tool here. I only want to use this to bless I will not manipulate. I will not choose to speak things over people. Jesus came in in Matthew chapter 5. I know our Sunday school class went over chapter 5. So you guys probably have these verses all figured out. Verses 43 through 48. Where it says, love your enemies. Bless those who do bad things to you. Bless, 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 bless. Jesus does a lot of blessing there. Because you remember that Jesus came in knowing the will of God 100%. Comes into the situation, knows when, where every person is, and instead of just blasting and correcting and damning everyone, he speaks blessing over them. He speaks in a way that draws them to Jesus. He speaks God's will over their lives. He's not afraid to confront You know, you're trusting in religion, and religion is not helping you. You're actually empty. You're a hypocrite. You're empty right now. But it's done in a way to say, hey, there is an openness for you. You're trusting in in whitewashed tombs, but there's a living God. Jesus seeks resolution, and he seeks answers with his mouth. In the same way, in all of our relationships, let us speak things that bring and answer situations, not just tear it down and cause problems. I highly recommend that you remove the words never and always from your vocabulary. 
use them very sparingly. Because we tend to use them as weapons. You never blank. Or you always blank. Or even to ourselves. I never blank. Or I always blank. If we're not speaking what Jesus says over the situation, are we building it up or are we tearing it down? And if we're tearing it down in our words constantly and then stop for three seconds and go, oh dear Lord, bless this situation, amen. Well, it ain't ever going to work. You know that because they're just dumb and everything's just going to high heaven and da, 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 da. We do this kind of stuff with some of the uh, political... Oh, I'm getting dangerous. I'm in dangerous territory right now. Ooh, some of the political and some of the end time stuff. Oh, the whole country is going to pot. The whole world is going to hell in a handbasket. Everything is falling apart. Well, is that what Jesus is saying right now about you and your at? Or are we just surrendering? Well, I'm just going to sit back here and watch the fireworks. Because God's called me to be Noah. No, God didn't call you to be Noah. He called you to be Jesus. Noah is a lesser representation of who Jesus is. Jesus laid down his life so that men around you could be saved. He blessed. So in your words and in your prayers, bless and speak what Jesus wants. Call men to repentance in your prayers. But don't curse them into damnation. There's a difference. And if you don't know what it is, I don't know, let's talk. Let's have coffee. I like having coffee. I like hazelnut at Panera. It's probably my favorite. I actually have the $13 or $14 sip thing so I can drink a lot of coffee for that 14 bucks. Went by and got some this morning, by the way. Let's talk about it. So we can be practical with it and we'll talk through a very practical situation. I'm happy to do that. And to show you where maybe you've, you've sidestepped the truth and you're, you're actually hindering yourself because you, you're wrapping things around your feet by, by the words of your mouth. Because the words of your mouth show the condition of your heart. And that if your heart isn't right, if your heart is in the right place, you can't receive the goodness of the Lord. You can't receive the blessing. Why did it take Abram so long to become Abraham? Because his heart wasn't lined up with what the Lord said to him in Genesis 12. And it took all of these chapters for his heart to get to the place where he could finally let go and just receive out of the goodness of God the son that he was promised. I don't want a lot of Ishmael's follow me around. Even though God can take an Ishmael and turn it into a good thing. John chapter 10, verse 10. Who can quote it for me? John 10, 10. Very good. Way to be bold and just speak those words out of your mouth. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. 
On a side note, and I'll get back to John 10, 10 in a second. If you aren't memorizing the word, I encourage you to. So that you can confess what Jesus says in situations and remind yourself what the Lord says. Because if you don't know the word, you get in there and you're like, well, I saw this great movie. Don't quote to me what, I don't know, what's that SpongeBob SquarePants says. You know? He's not the, the, the source of all life. Jesus is. So quote what Jesus says. Jesus says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Satan comes to, in every opportunity he can, to speak curses over you, to get you to agree with those curses, and to walk in those curses and speak those curses over other people. So that he can steal from you, he can kill relationships and kill you, and he can destroy the plan of God in people's lives. But I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. So the more you learn it, get it in your heart and speak it and let that come out of it and you begin to bless, the greater and greater it grows like the rising of the sun. It gets brighter and brighter and brighter, Malachi. The revelation of Jesus gets brighter. Expand your tent, Isaiah 54. Expand the hibernation of Jesus in your hearts, Isaiah 54. Let it get bigger and bigger and broader and broader as you understand who Jesus is and you're confessing and life gets better and better and these things break off of you and you're not being stolen from, you're not being killed, you're not being destroyed. And you're not doing that to those around you. Yeah, it's raining outside. Won't have to water the plants today. John 10.10 The work of Satan in John 10.10 is the opposite of the work of God in Genesis 12.1. I'm going to bless you and you're going to be a blessing. I'm going to still kill and destroy so that you still kill and destroy. Who do we align ourselves with? So what do we do? I think we just, uh, as the Lord leads us in these situations, there are th- some ways that we walk out of this. I think number one, I just got a couple of them. Number one is uh, when Jesus talked about crucifying the flesh, this is where it comes in. There's a good piece of here of learning to not agree with Satan. To learning not to let Satan use you. Crucifying the flesh, a lot of times, is just shutting your mouth. I'm not going to say that. In the name of Jesus. Bite it down. Crucifying the flesh is telling your flesh what it needs to do. That you're not just led by your flesh. Whatever your flesh wants, whatever I'm feeling, whatever, I'm, whatever this body wants, I just go and do. Because it's my Lord and Jesus submits to my flesh. That's not godly. Crucifying the flesh is in these times realizing, okay, I'm being led in my flesh. I'm being led in my emotions. And I'm going to get this right. And you begin to speak and you say, no, in the name of Jesus. Old man... You were crucified with, the, with Jesus on the cross. It's no longer I live, but Christ lives in me. Galatians 2.20. I am crucified, yet I still live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. 
And the life which I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. So flesh, line up with the word of God. When those things come up and you get the revelation, oh, this came from my childhood. I realize this is a hereditary thing. Okay. Jesus, this is, doesn't belong in, in my heart. Dig it out. Well, you know, mama was bitter. Grandma was bitter. Great-grandma was bitter. I'm just going to be bitter. Well, no. Why continue on John 10.10 without coming into with Jesus? Why remain in the first part of the verse, come into the second part of the verse, and let the effect of Jesus affect your generation so that you start a new tradition from you on forward? And four generations from now, when they go back, well, great-grandma, she was just full of blessing and went around blessing and praying for people and speaking the words of Jesus. And grandma did that and mama did that and I'm going to continue to do that because that's my heritage. You know, I had a, uh, so it would be how many generations back? It would be my grandmother's grandfather. Yeah, so it would be my great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather. Yeah. Uh, Committed suicide. Don't have very much information about him. He's one of the big question marks in my family tree genealogy. Don't know much about him. He married her. I think actually uh, she got pregnant. Then he married her, uh, which was unheard of in the late 1800s. It wasn't, you know, it was a social thing. And he tried to be successful, wasn't successful. It started a a butcher shop and ended up hanging himself in his butcher shop. Made the local news. You can look up the news article about my great-great-grandfather. So this spirit of uh, suicide death attached itself to our family and would go down the line and attack. And so when I was born, this thing attacked itself to me. And from the time I was uh, 10, I was thinking of suicide on a regular basis. And it kept saying to me, you, you know you're never going to make it to 50. Uh, driving down the road, constantly this thing going what would it be like just to drive right off the road? Drive off that bridge. I'm sure you guys probably don't have thoughts. I've just constantly tormented thoughts like that. It's a suicidal spirit. You know, it's something that's trying to destroy you. That's Satan speaking over your life. So I had this for decades on a regular basis. Tormented by suicide, hopelessness. And I would look at situations and I would just be like, I just, I'm just going to give up because there's, I can't win. And I'd watch TV shows and I'd be like, in this situation, the TV show, I would just give up. I'd quit. This would be the thought going on in my head. And so when the Lord really brought me here nine and a half years ago, uh, he encouraged me, you know, we're going to get through this. And so there was a lot of times when I wanted to quit And the Lord just said, nope, you're tenacious. You're going to hold on. And finally, when I hit 50, it'll be two years in November. I'm going to be 52 in November. I was like, yes, Lord, you just destroyed that lie of the enemy that I wasn't going to make it to 50. I'm 52, or will be, 51 and a half, 51 and three quarters. Satan's a liar. 
But it took a lot of time of just saying, okay, Jesus, I'm going to agree and speak your blessing over my life and not agree with this. So every time I felt this, I would speak over it and say, no, you don't determine my destiny. Jesus determines my coming and going. I don't care how depressed I am or how I feel. I am going to declare this over. I'm going to declare what Jesus says. You don't determine my coming and my going. And you feel my anger my, because that's the way I did it. I got to the point where, no, not in my house, not in this generation. This ends with me, dang it. It ends with me. I will not, I will trust Jesus and I will lead my family into a a belief in Jesus that's greater than what that belief was. Now, that's not to condemn anybody that's ever struggled with depression or anything like that. I'm just telling you what was my battle, what Jesus revealed to me. I can empathize the waves of depression. I can empathize with that wholeheartedly. I understand what that feels like. Uh, Crying for no reason. Just, ooh. But you know what? Jesus is faithful. So whatever the situation is, whatever the enemy has a hold or a hook in, you can go, Jesus, you're going to lead me out of this. I'm going to trust you to bring me through, Lord Jesus. I'm going to trust you And I'm going to confess what you say over me so that my kids and the generations after me will walk in your goodness. I choose to bless. So the crucifying of the flesh is in those situations realizing, okay, flesh, all you are is a created being, but my spirit is eternal. So I choose not to listen to this flesh or these emotions. I choose to listen to you, Lord Jesus. And I can choose by my spirit to confess over my life. Now, I will tell you, I pray in tongues a lot. And I encourage you to build up your inner man by praying in tongues with build your holy faith. Book of Jude, verse 24. Somewhere in there in the book of Jude, you can look it up. Build yourself, build up your most holy faith praying in the spirit. So I encourage you to do that. But when it comes to the flesh, there are times when you just have to say no. The second thing comes with your mind, and this is my last one. You're going to have to walk in honesty of thought, integrity. And what that means is being real with what's going on in your head. And there's a right time and a wrong time to be real. I'm not saying I'm going to have everybody come up here and begin to confess everything that's going on in their head. But there should be people around you who you know love you and who are people of Jesus and who can just help you walk through what's going on in your head. As you begin to renew your mind. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you would present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your most reasonable act of service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, which in which you will prove what is the good and perfect or the mature will of God. It's recognizing, okay, this thought isn't Jesus. What does Jesus think about this? 
Or Jesus, this doesn't feel right. I'm not seeing this correctly. What do you see? Please show me. And getting in the word and letting him show you what it is and then begin to confess that over your life until the wrong thinking changes. Our minds are renewed. They're made new. They're changed into the right way of thinking so that we think like Jesus. Now, if you watch... 16 hours of television or you're on your phone for 16 hours a day watching TikTok videos or uh, Instagram videos or, you know, if you, if you basically garbage in, garbage out. If all of your thinking is in one way and you expect to switch to the godly way easy, it's not going to happen. Easy. You're going to have to let go of crucifying the flesh, let go of some of the things that are just pouring the junk into your head so that you can focus and begin to think about what Jesus thinks that will change your thinking. You have to see what Jesus sees. You have to see it the way Jesus sees it. And then it liberates you. Part of the prison that you're in today is the prison of your own thinking. The way you see what your life is like. And if you get Jesus' thinking about it, what he says, it liberates you. And you can begin to go, oh wait, this door is open. I can just walk right out of this thing. You're struggling with finances because of the way you view finances. You're struggling in your marriage because of the way you view yourself and your spouse and life. You're struggling with sin because you have an issue that you're trying to use that sin to meet. A need that was never created for it. Do you understand what I mean? It gets down to the basic. When we're confessing and we're walking in the blessing or we're doing the opposite and we're walking in what the enemy has for us not the way Jesus created us to be. And thank God, day to day, we are renewed, we are sanctified, we are loved. You know, Jesus loves you exactly the way you are right now and loves you in a way to draw you out and lead you into righteousness. You're not condemned. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.1. Grow in it, receive it, but acknowledge it and go, okay, Lord, help me. Speak to me, Jesus. I want to confess what you have. David said it this way in Psalms 51. Created me in clean heart. Great, uh, great song. Created me a clean heart, oh God. And renew a right spirit within me. You know that song. It's a great song. Keith Green. Jesus is for you. He's not against you. He wants you victorious. You're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Let him speak to you. And begin to confess what he says. And begin to throw out and not confess what the enemy is stating. Lord Jesus, I pray over this beautiful body, your church, whom you love, whom you were willing to to lay down your life and shed your blood for, Lord, 
for whom you ripped open so that we could come into your presence. And you even encouraged us in the book of Hebrews to boldly come into your presence. Lord Jesus, for this beautiful church, Lord, I thank you, Father, for them. And I just pray, Father, that they would see themselves and those around them as you see them, Lord Jesus. And that they would have the revelation and the words, Lord, in your, their ears and in their heart. That they would confess what you are saying, Lord Jesus. They would bless. They would bless, Father. They would be able to receive the blessing and that they would bless, Lord. Every time the enemy tricks them into uh, agreeing with him, Father, show them, Lord. Reveal to them, Lord, so they can quickly repent, change, and stop speaking. I thank you, Father, for it, for the radical breakthrough and change you are bringing about in their lives and the lives of all of those around them, Father. The fires going off. In the name of Jesus, the fires breaking out revival breaking out in their hearts and in their homes and in their communities in the name of Jesus by their seeing what you're doing and confessing that Lord in the name of Jesus amen and amen God bless you go out of here and have fun taking Jesus into your ads